We are asked over and over again, how do you find the right phone numbers for the properties you're trying to buy? It is pretty simple. You skip trace the owner and property address. What does that mean? What does skip trace mean? It means you go and find the contact information of the owner of a property. But you don't want to do that one time. Real estate is a numbers game and a people business. You need to work a lot of leads to find motivated sellers. We use an awesome skip trace service that you can upload a giant list of names and addresses all at once, and a few minutes later, you have a ton of phone numbers for prospecting. Visit www.dpipodcast.com forward slash skip trace. Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back, Discount Property Investors. You are listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast, hosted by David Dodge and Mike Slane. Hey, hey. What What's are we up? talking about today, buddy? Uh, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? That's what we do a lot of times before the podcast, guys. Yeah. I don't know. What should we talk about today? Let's talk about wholesale call scripts. I love it, man. Wholesale and... call scripts. So that is, uh, again... We love wholesaling real estate. We love uh, talking to and helping newer investors. And this is a question we're asked a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton. We're asked, what call script do you use? Or can I see, do you have a, whole, a wholesaling call script you, ha you use, you can share with me? Uh, things like that, right? So we get that all the time. And a lot. the answer is, you don't really need a call script. You don't. You don't need a wholesaling specific call script. Say totally it, agree. Say it one more time. You just don't need it. What you need is to be able to talk to people. Mm -hmm. And what you need is to qualify your sellers, qualify your leads. Qualify. That's I think uh, it's huge. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the the only things you're really trying to do. Uh, I mean, your ultimate goal is to try to qualify the lead when you're on the phone with them. Now, why? So, why would you need to qualify the lead? Well, I think as I evolved, it wasn't so much as me trying, I wanting to get an appointment and wanting to go out and look at properties as much as wanting to defend my time. So I've always looked at myself this way, is that my time is more valuable than anything else that I have. So in St. Louis, we're kind of spread out, to hop in the car, go to the appointment, run the appointment, and then drive back home or drive back to the office. You've probably got 20 to 30 minutes of drive time there and back, maybe 40 minutes of drive time, just to go to an appointment. On top of that, you have the appointment itself. So if you're chatting, walking around a house, it's probably going to take you about 15 to 20 minutes. So you're literally at least an hour worth of time invested in an appointment. Minimum. I would say closer to two. Yeah, I, I pretty much, I always factor at least an hour. And then drive time. So and hour and a half. Drive time, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that said, I'm trying to defend my time. I want to qualify this lead to make sure this is, one, the person who owns the house. Guys, this is for, first and foremost. That is like one of the most important things. Are you the decision yeah, are maker? Are you the owner? Are you the That's decision maker? A good point. Can you sell this house? 
Because if you are not the owner, then you can't even sign the contract. Somebody exactly. else has to. So a lot of and so when that's the, a great point. When this comes up most frequently, I would say is uh, inherited houses where you've got siblings who maybe one of them is the power of attorney or the uh, whatever you know can sign for the estate, and one of them isn't. And one of them is just shopping for offers because they think the other person isn't doing it right or whatever it is. So, again, you want to make sure you're dealing with the person who can sell the property. You want to build a relationship with that person. If you're building a relationship with the sibling, that's great. And it, it sometimes works that that sibling is able to encourage the other one to work with you. But they're not the decision maker. Yeah, you always at the end want to of the get day, the decision maker. At the end of the day... Wouldn't you rather talk directly to the person making the decision versus somebody who may or may not have any power over the Absolutely. situation? Why would you do any any other way? So, again, don't necessarily need a call script, but you do want to qualify your leads. Qualify one, is this person able to sell me the house? Yeah, are they the owner? Do otherwise, they have the ability to sell it? Correct? Otherwise, like we said, we're wasting an hour to two hours just going out there to look at a house. Not so good. Uh, what else? What you write in there, Dave? Decision maker. Number one, you want to get the decision maker on the phone or you want to talk to that person yeah, you want prior to, be wo- to setting up the appointment. You, you want the decision maker to be there or you want to at least have contact with the decision maker prior to the appointment because, you know, they may send out a property manager or an employee and that's fine. But you don't want to be going out and meeting people um, that aren't the decision maker if you haven't already spoken to the decision maker. So that's number one. I think that's where you should start. Um, I love that idea. So whenever whenever our calls uh, come in or go out, we handle them the exact same way. Now, when they're going out, it's cold. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit different. But at the end of the day, it's, it's actually very, very similar. So when the calls come in, we typically start by getting their name and their phone number. And the reason is, is because we want to be able to reach them back and we want to know who they are. We say, hey, you know, this is Dave. How can I help you? They start talking, tell me a little bit about the situation. I say, okay, great. Do you mind if I get your name and number so I can get back with you in case we get disconnected or just later if I want to send you an offer? And they will say, yeah, no problem. Never had a problem with that. I'll also typically want to record the date in which the lead came in. This is very important for your KPIs down the road. uh, But it's also going to be helpful for you to know, you know, when the last time that you Talk to them or the first time you talk to them. So the date in which the lead came in. And then who is going to be assigned to this lead? So that may just be you if you're a solopreneur or a one-man show. But if you have multiple people in your office, you can actually assign them to the lead um, right then and there when the lead comes in. So then we're going, to, we're going to look for the property address. And we're going to want the property address relatively quickly. And the reason is is because oftentimes... I want to be doing some due diligence on the property while I'm on the phone with them already. So I want to pull it up on Zillow or uh, Redfin or wherever. PropStream is one of our favorites to use. And we want to pull up the, um, the property so we can get an idea of the bed, the bath, the square footage, just some of the basic general info. So this is all qualifying the lead, guys. So again, you, well, how is asking their name and their phone number and the property address, how is that qualifying? Well, you probably sent out mail or you did some marketing. You don't know that stuff. And again, they may be like, why are you asking me this? I'm, I you called. may be answering this phone, the phone while you're driving, too. And if you're recording the calls, that'll be very helpful. You know, lots of reasons. But yes, qualifying is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. 
So again, qualify the lead. That's uh, first and foremost. Uh, then what comes up next? Have a conversation with the people. Again, you need to learn about the property, but you have to have a conversation. You're trying to uh, what's referred to as build rapport. You want to build a relationship. You want to make a friend. So all of that is just have a conversation. That's why you don't need a wholesale call script because you're trying to be a person on the phone, not a robot. Yeah. If you want a robot, you can probably figure out some way to, uh, I mean, have a call system or something like that. But get the basic info and then start making a friend. Talk about the property. That's your reason for talking to each other and start from there. What Dave mentioned, though, getting the phone number or the uh, property address, the property address is super important because you are. You're going to start trying to find out. You want to be looking at what's going on while they're talking to you. It just makes your job easier if you can be looking at the property while they're explaining certain things because then they may be able to explain something. Or you may have a, a question about the pictures you're finding online of these properties. Well, the pictures, or if you use Google, do the Google Map thing and do Google a drive-by. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you can get that, and you can ask more specific questions. Oh, hey, I noticed there's a burned-down property on the Google Street View. Yeah, is how that, many other vacants are there? Is or, that property still burned down, or did they rebuild did they it? Rebuild it? You is know? it on a cul-de-sac, so on and so forth? How many lanes of traffic? Some of these type of things. But um, So basically, qualify. We want to get the decision-maker. We want to get the base, the basic info, their basic info, meaning their name, their number, maybe even their email address if you plan on sending them an offer, and then start the conversation, which basically uh, you can sum it up into, thank you for calling me. Why are you wanting to sell? Or why do you need to sell? I, I prefer the word need. Why do you need to sell? And then just stop and listen. Don't interrupt them. Just let them tell you. All the things that they want to tell you, that could take 30 seconds. It could take 30 minutes. Just be patient with them. But figure out why they are selling. That's, that, that is the number three thing in terms of qualifying on our list here. Why are they selling? So this should start to reveal some of the reasons that they need to sell. And it will help you in qualifying because if they are calling just because they are curious to get an offer from you, well, that's not a very motivated individual. If they are calling because they are being relocated for their job or they recently inherited a property or a spouse just passed away and they're downsizing or moving or if they are having kids and the current house isn't big enough or any other reason along those lines, they got divorced recently. Tenants trashed it. Tenants trashed it. That they are ultra motivated, super motivated. We are looking for motivated sellers. We exchange convenience and cash for a discount. Why would we want to exchange our cash and our high level of convenience to somebody if we are not in return getting a discount? It doesn't make sense. So we have to get a discount in order to supply them with what we provide, which is convenience, cash, as is, quick, simple, okay? So figure out the why. Why are they selling? If they are not ultra motivated, you probably don't want to set an appointment, at least not today. No, if, as you're, we brand just new, if you're brand new, set the appointment. Set an appointment and go out there if they want to meet somebody. Because you need to learn. You've got to practice. Practice. And again, it's it's no big deal to go out there and practice with people that maybe don't sound motivated on the phone. A lot of times you'll get that where somebody's not doesn't sound motivated. You've you've drilled down, try to get the why, try to get the why. Then you show up on the appointment and they're like, okay, so when can you close? I mean, literally, it's almost like a 360. Doesn't happen or 180. 
opposite direction. <laughs> it does not happen that often, which is why you want to qualify it. So new people, I always suggest running those appointments when you can. When someone wants you to come out and meet them, it means, A, you did a decent job. I mean, selling yourself to them via your marketing and via your conversation skills on the phone. Right. So good job. Run that appointment. Uh, like I said, though, we really do want to qualify as you get a little bit more seasoned and defend your time. I'm a big I'm a big proponent of, again, just thinking about things like defending my time. David, and he does it in the same way. He's just very candid. I'm an investor. I don't need to buy this house. I would like to if you would like to sell it, if you need, or rather if you need to sell it. I would love to come buy that house. So, again, it's one of those things where, yeah, it's just it's an evolution in your real estate investing career. Um, what are some other talking points? Let's, I mean, because our, our title is Wholesale Call Scripts. So what are some other talking points on the phone and that will help you qualify the lead? Right. So there's so, some very common, very easy, very, very, um, very universal questions, right? So you can start with that. What is the style of the home? And sometimes when you say that, people won't really understand what you mean. And they'll just say, oh, it's a piece of crap. And it's like, oh, cool. Well, that's that's great information. Other times they'll say, oh, it's a ranch, it's a two story, it's a split level, it's a duplex, you know, so on and so forth. Or they might say some weird word that you're not familiar with, like, oh, it's mid century modern, or oh, it's a uh, cottage or bungalow or shotgun. If you don't know the answer to that, say, oh, okay, cool. Just or you, write it down and yeah. look it up later. Yeah, look it up no later, problem. or be like, oh, what do you mean by that one? I haven't heard. If you're familiar with it, I haven't heard that one before. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's a talking point. So you focus back the conversation on the house. Just to keep the conversation moving and keep talking. Yeah, you want to build a friend. Mike's got a great point. You want to you want to keep talking. You want to keep the conversation going. Uh, so again, these are lots of great questions uh, about the house. So style, bedroom, bathroom count, obvious guys. You need to know this information. The and size, that stuff that stuff may not or may be on Zillow, but it may be inaccurate. It may be. It inaccurate. may be on the county's uh, tax record website, but it may not be right. So again, yeah, confirm all that stuff, especially if you're seeing it yeah, online. We come across properties a lot that aren't they, they that aren't the same bed, bath, or square footage as Mike just said, as Zillow or the tax records. So verify that information. Mm-hmm. Love it. Next would be the square footage. Very important. Yeah. How big is the house? How big is it? Mm-hmm. When was it built? Was it built in 2015 or was it built in 1945? You know, you're typically going to have a big difference in those type of houses when you're running comps. Uh, when you're doing your repair estimates, um, as well as just your your ARVs in general, okay? Uh, does it have a basement or a garage? What kind of basement? Is the garage attached? Is it detached? Is the basement a full basement, a half basement, a pit basement? Does it have a walkout? Is it finished partially or fully? Just general questions about the garage and the basement. Next, it's going to bring us to amenities. Like, does it have a porch or a deck or a sunroom? Is there a fence in the backyard? Does it have a fireplace? Is there a patio? Does it even have a mother-in-law suite? So, again, you just want to keep the conversation going, and you want to ask, are there any amenities, which could be a list very long. Is there a swimming pool? I mean, anything and everything that it has to offer, you want to learn about. And this is its a pretty good order. Again, although we don't recommend a script, we don't always say keep the conversation flowing naturally. Mm-hmm. But this is a really good way to help you disarm your sellers is think about everything we've talked about so far. It was, hey, what's your name? Hey, what's your phone number? Can I call you back on? Tell me a little bit about the house. What style is the house? None of this stuff is intrusive. None of this stuff is like, Hey, uh, are you are you up uh, shit creek right now? You need to you need to sell this thing tomorrow or what? 
Hey, you know what I mean? So none of that is too personal. But then you're going to start getting into things that are a little bit more sensitive or personal because we're going to start talking about money. I mean, this is, in my in my opinion, once you get to that rapport built, you're kind of having a conversation, you're going back and forth. That's when you want to shift into some things that are more sensitive. So one of the next things I would ask about is, hey, is there a mortgage on the house? How much do you owe on this property? Because again, if then they say, oh, I'm not comfortable sharing that. Say, oh, no problem. You just keep the conversation flowing. But if they give you that information, it's good information to have. So you move past that, and then you say, okay, uh, well, do you know uh, how much you want for the property? You kind of drop it like that. How much do you want for the property or how much you need to get out of it? Something along those lines. Next step is, okay, so you want that much. How much, how much work does this house need? Does it, uh, does it need a lot of work or is it, uh, you know, move-in ready? Could you just rehab the bathroom or are these original to the 1960s uh, age of the house that you just told me about? So again, if you've got if you've got uh, what is that sixty year old bathrooms and they haven't been updated, you're going to spend a little bit more on repairs than if it was a 1960s build. And oh yeah, we updated it last last year. Looks really good. It's very very different, and that's going to help you formulate whether or not this person is motivated or not. Because uh, again, I think you and I, Dave, we kind of skip over uh, f- determining motivation without directly asking for it, which is the why. So we mentioned that earlier as well, which is find out why they're selling because that's going to help you determine their motivation for selling. Mm-hmm. Well, their asking price and what their perception of the property is is also going to help you determine that. So that's where I would dig in. So non-invasive questions up front, kind of load it with that, get your conversation flowing, and then kind of start trying to pry a little bit more information that, again, I'm calling it more sensitive, which is mortgage amount, asking price, repairs needed, really the condition of the property. Yeah, the more more property information versus mm-hmm. the why, right? Mm-hmm. So some more information about, you know, the property itself could be uh, the subdivision or the school district that it's mm-hmm. in. We always like to know that. Um, in St. Louis, school districts are super important. Yeah, it's very, very important to know the, the, the districts. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll always ask them, hey, what's the condition of the property? Because their idea of a condition may be different than yours, but you want to hear it come out of their mouth. Because if they say, oh, it's a piece of junk, well, that's good for you because, you know, your offer can be lower without them getting all heated about it. And if they say, oh, it's pristine, it doesn't need anything, well, that's fine. I always just say, okay, great, I can't wait to see it. I'll be the judge of the repairs, you know, because um, as an outsider, I'll be able to know. Well, it's also, that's a much better way to phrase um, what kind of repairs does it need is what's the condition? What's the condition? You know, that's going to help you determine, oh, what kind of repairs are needed. Yep. So, again, it's just keeping that combo going. Right. Uh, I always like to ask the condition of the roof and if the city water and sewer, or I'm sorry, if the sewer and the water is on a city or county service or if it's on a well or a septic. Now, if you're in the middle of a big city and you don't plan on going outside of the city limits, you probably won't want to ask this question or won't need to. But here in St. Louis, if you get too far outside of the city, the houses are on wells and they have septic tanks. They're no longer on the city or the county sewer and water districts. So that may affect the value of the property or the cost of the repairs Mm. if your septic tank is shot. That could be 15 grand, maybe more. Yeah, they're not cheap to no. dig up so you and want, replace you want to know that in advance so again the, the 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 whole reason that we're doing this episode and that we've titled it wholesale call scripts is because we just want to learn how to qualify better we want to know how to qualify the sellers that either we are calling or they are calling us 
and see if they are motivated. This is a numbers game. And if you are chasing around a bunch of unmotivated sellers, you are probably not going to make any money. Well, you're just going to be super frustrated with you're yourself, be too. You're going to your wheels. So find the motivated people. So and it's, next, it's 10 to 1, guys. You're going to have to talk to – this is a numbers game but a people business, right? So you're going to have to – like Dave said, you're going to have to talk to a lot of people. Yep. So number four, I would so in our list of qualifying, number one, we have get the decision maker. Number two is basic info about the person, right? Number three is find out their why. Number four would be property information. Okay, just information, general information about the property. Number five, I would say would be condition. And you know, you can ask them when was the last time that you've updated the property? And they say, oh, you know, we put a kitchen in 15 years ago, and that's it. That's all we've done. Well, that made, made, really leads me to believe that it needs a roof. It needs windows. It's going to need flooring. It's going to need paint. It's going to need kitchens or a bath bathrooms. And maybe that kitchen that's been updated 15 years ago will be okay. Maybe not. So definitely just ask them, you know, what is the condition of the property? Next, after I get through the condition of the property, um, I would say number six on my list would be, are there any taxes or liens on the property that are owed? And this is basically asking them, do you have a mortgage on the property? Or just come out and say it like that. Do you have a mortgage on the property? And if so, how much do you owe? Okay. And they may or may not tell you. But from my experience, 50 to 70% of the time when I ask that question, I get an answer. It may not be the exact answer of what they owe, but it's a ballpark. And it helps me determine, A, are they motivated enough um, to make this work? Is there enough equity in the property to make it work? Or if they are motivated enough, but yet they owe more than I'm willing to offer, are they willing to bring money to the table? So it's all a question of motivation, but it is fact-finding. It is seeking out what... um, they owe what their interest in selling is, what their why is, and then also the general information about the property. So last but not least, well, I guess there's a couple more things. We will typically ask why, I'm sorry, how quickly they need to sell. And I'll usually bundle that in with my why. It's typically kind of more like, I'd say, a why and a win. Why and win. Uh, Because if they need to sell next week, well, that tells me that there's a high level of motivation. And if their number isn't in line, well, maybe we can work on getting it in line, right? If they say, oh, I don't need to sell next week. I just i am looking for offers and I don't even need to sell it at all. But if somebody brings me the right offer, then I would consider it. Well, that's somebody that I'm going to probably follow up with in a year, six months to a year. I have zero intentions of setting an appointment with that person. They are not motivated. They're tire kicking. Okay. So with figure so- out how quickly do they want to sell or need to sell. With somebody like that too, oh, I'm just getting offers, yada, yada. I like to come back with like, or and they say, I don't need to sell it right now. I'll say, oh, okay, well, I'm not in the business of appraising properties for free. Something like that. Or yeah, you don't have to be I'm rude. Not, and that's not rude. I don't it, think it is. It isn't. But you, yeah, just make it clear. Like, listen, you know, I'm, I'm, in in, the- I'm trying to buy a house today. 
And I do pay cash. I buy as is, and I can close very quickly. And I provide a high level of convenience, but I only provide that to people that are willing to give me a good deal. And if you're just looking for offers, I don't think this is going to be a good fit. I'm looking to, to make an offer on a, on a property that I can actually get a contract signed on today or tomorrow or very, very quickly. And if they're tired kicking. So, again, you, you can so, handle it however you want. Yeah, my, And my thing was uh, it's more of a personality mirroring thing. So somebody says, oh, I don't need to sell it. Say, oh, well, that's good because I actually don't need to buy a house today either. And then kind of talk about what Dave just Love mentioned. It. So, again, it's, 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 if they're a strong speaker, then you kind of come across strong as well. Love so, it. again, yeah. So after you get through the, um, the condition of the property, does it have any mortgages or taxes? Sometimes you might come across a property that they haven't paid their property taxes in five years. Two years, three years, four years. I've seen them up as much as seven or eight years. And, you know, if the taxes are three grand a year and they're five years behind, that's $15,000, guys, that you need to be aware of because that's going to be taken at closing or it's going to need to be paid by somebody at closing in order for it to close and transfer properly. So always ask, are there any taxes or liens owed that I need to know about? And if they say no, then lead that right into, is there a mortgage? And if they say it's not your business, then just move on. And you can find that information on PropStream. You can get a 14-day free trial at dpipodcast.com forward slash comps. That's where we go to find out if they owe money on the property if they don't tell us. So use the same system that we do. We talked about the repairs that uh, we think might be needed. But again, over the phone, it's going to be a little difficult unless they can help you with that. So just ask. You know, we said earlier, have you made any updates to the property recently? That's one way to go about it. Another way is to just straight up ask them, hey, does this property need a bunch of repairs? And they're either going to say yes or no. And if they say yes, it's going to be quite obvious. Like, yeah, the roof's been leaking for three months. How do I know? Because on the inside of the house, on the ceiling, there's a big brown spot where I can see it getting wet when it rains. So these people, they're going to tell you. Um, last but not least, um, two things. How did you hear about us? It's probably one of the most important things behind the why. Because as you build as an investor in a wholesaler, you're going to start doing multiple types of marketing. And you want to be able to track where that marketing came from. Even when you're starting out, it's good to ask that question. Absolutely. Because maybe they heard about it through a friend or a Facebook post or something you didn't even think about. Like, hey, one of your like you post on Facebook. You don't think you have anybody following you? And one of your friends gave your contact info to this person. Maybe they saw a bandit sign. Yeah. Maybe they got a letter you or don't a know. postcard in the mail. Maybe they clicked on one of your ads and found your number on your website but didn't fill out the form and decided to call the number. So you always – and there might be other ways for you to track this, which is great. But the easiest way is to just ask them when you're on the phone. Hey, Mike, thanks for calling me today. If you don't mind me asking real quick before we get started – How'd you get my number? I don't need to sell you my house. Oh, wait a minute. Wrong wrong part of the conversation. Yeah, right? no, you're right. 100%. How'd you get my number? Okay, great. Well, and let me get some information about you and you know your phone and your address. And then while I'm doing that, tell me why you're looking to sell this property. Boom. It just all of its segments do we right have, into it itself. Do we really have nicely DPI podcast forward slash CRM? I think I think that's the one yeah, where we put we our, our CRMs on there. Let's and again, so Dave's saying asking is the easiest way. And I agree hundred percent. And it is pretty effective. But just like eyewitnesses to crimes, it could be wrong. It could be wrong 10% of the time. It could be wrong 50% of the time. I don't know. 
Long story short, if you get a CRM and you get different... Um, this is a toolkit right now, but I think we do have the CRM. I'm pretty sure we put CRM out there. Well, check out DPI Podcast. Go up to the toolkit. And it's a page. We just got to build it out. We'll build and, it out. And, uh, toolkit. Go to Toolkit. Yeah, Toolkit. Go to the CRM. Like I was saying, some of those are going to make it even easier if you've got different phone numbers on different different marketing pieces. Mm-hmm. Because then when they call in, if they didn't fill out your form or they didn't, you know, whatever, at least then you can track which phone number they called. So which is the original uh, marketing piece that got their attention enough to write down your phone number from that piece and then called. So again, check those out as well. Uh, I love it for so last, uh, to help you. Last, I said last but not least, but the last time. This is the last one now, and it's the price. So we always typically wait till the end to say, okay, do you have an asking price in mind? And whatever they tell you is kind of irrelevant in my opinion, because no matter what that number is. We always follow it up with this question right here that everybody needs to be using. So you say, okay, great. Well, do you have a price in mind that you're looking to get for this property? After you told me all about, you know, the condition and why you're selling and basic info about you, why and when you're selling all the property information. And then, of course, the condition. Um, do you do you have a price in mind? And then you want to wait and let them tell you that number. And then immediately after they tell you that number, no matter if it's a great number or a stupid number, you want to follow it up with, sounds good. If we pay you cash and we close fast, will you take less? That's one way to word it. Another way to word it is, if we pay you cash and close fast, is that the best you can do? That's the one I was looking for. Either one. It's the same thing. They give you a number and then you say, okay, is that the best you could do? Is that the best you can do? Is that the best we can do on this? Right. And again, and the reason is, is because people will throw out their asking price first, which is always going to be a higher number than they're willing to take. Always. All right. If you say, I can pay cash and close fast, well, are you willing to take any less? Sometimes I've seen sellers say 10%, even 15% drops from me asking one simple question into getting them down on price. Mm. Sometimes they'll say, no, that's my bottom dollar. I'm pricing it right, or this is what I have to get to pay the mortgage. So this is what I need to get. And that's fine too. But by asking the right questions, it helps you to determine their motivation. It helps to determine the lowest that they would be willing to take. And it also uh, helps you to determine what you need to do to get this deal done. And if it's going to have to be a quick one or a or if it's gonna, you know, if it's gonna give you some extra time or not. So, so this is a lot of what we do, and we do sometimes change it up. Like I had mentioned, asking the price earlier, and the reason I'll do that, I'll ask twice uh, or more, is because sometimes that number changes just with that too. Or no, I don't want to share the price with you. Okay, well then you keep building a friend, keep building rapport, yeah. making a friend. What what number did you need to get out of it? You can slip it in a couple different ways. You can. And that oh, okay, is that the best you think you could do? Because again, you're looking at comps probably if you're sitting in front of your computer, that is. And we like mm-hmm. to try to be on front of it when we're when we're talking to sellers. You can kind of do your research. So you can figure out, okay, that, that number might make sense. Right. Wanna run out there or don't. So I have a six point bullet list. If you're watching, you can see it. If not, I'm gonna read it off. And this is my call script. It's literally six bullet points. Because I don't like using call scripts because I don't like scripted. I like to make a friend. If we get off on a tangent, which if you listen to our podcast, you'll know we do a lot of. 
but it's fun to listen to. I enjoy listening to it because of that. I enjoy talking to people and letting the conversation go where it needs to go and not worry so much about following it A to B. So if you do want to go out and you want to find yourself a, a, a call script, that's fine. Mike and I don't suggest using them. and Instead, we suggest using a short list of bullet points. And you can expand on those, but these are the lists, these are the things that really matter. So number one, are you talking to a decision maker? And if you aren't, don't waste a whole lot of time doing it. You, you know, you're welcome to get information about the property, but don't set an appointment without talking to the decision maker. At That's least, a good distinction. At least one of them. That's a really Sometimes good distinction. Because in our prior example, okay, it's a brother or you know, siblings who have inherited it. Guess what? That person might give you more information than the decision maker. So talking to him on the phone, that's Great. not a bad idea. Not a problem. Yeah. But, but don't set an appointment with We don't we do not want to run the appointment just because it, again, it's just it takes a lot of time if you're not working with someone who can make the call. Love it. Number one, decision maker. Number two, basic info about the person you're talking to. What's their name? How do you get in touch with them? They may be calling you from a work phone number, yet they only answer on their cell phone. Or they may be calling you from a friend's phone. Get their number. And it's not always the same number as the caller ID. That's why I always say, is there a good number that I can reach you back at? And I'll usually record both numbers, assuming they called me from one number, and they're giving me another. Now i got two ways to reach this person. So just get some very, very, very basic information about the person. I don't even typically ask for an email in the beginning because I'm ready to get to the why and the when. Okay? So number three. The why and the when. Why do you need to sell? And when do you need to close? And then let them talk. The why and the when and the property information and the condition are going to basically take up about 80% of the phone call. Number three, four, and five. So number three is the why and the when. Number four is the property information. Bed, bath, square footage, you know, so on and so forth. Where is it located at? It's just the basic information about the property, okay? And then, um, so that's number four. Number five is the condition. What type of house is it? Has it had any updates recently? Does it need any repairs? How much would those repairs cost if you could guess? You know, what do you think that it would cost to get this thing fixed up or to rehab it or even to get it occupancy ready for a tenant? All of these questions are valid questions. So what is the condition? And then number six, the last thing you want to do before you determine if you've qualified enough to set the appointment is to figure out their asking price. But don't forget, after you say, you know, what is, what's the price that you're kind of looking for? Or what's your asking price, ma'am or, or sir? No matter what they say, don't forget, follow it up with, is that the best you can do? Or if I pay cash and close quick, are you willing to take less? And if so, how much? I forgot one Always thing. Always want to ask those things. I forgot one thing we forgot at this point, Dave. We're on number seven, which is set the appointment. That's the last thing. Yeah. So, guys, you want. And you may not even get to number seven if they're not qualified. And if they're not qualified, what do we do? We, we say, well, let me look it up and uh, I'll see if I can do that. Doesn't seem like that's going to be the right uh, number for me. Or, like we did, we've already disqualified a couple times. So at that point, just be like, okay, well, you mind if I follow up with you in a few months? Or you care if I circle back in six, eight months or something along those lines? Yeah, and it's just okay to tell a seller that you are, you are not interested in purchasing their property. 
or just say, I don't think this is going to, the better way to do it is say, I don't think this is going to work. I'm looking to buy properties in this part of town for this price or this range, well, which might be 30, 40, 50% less than what they're asking. And that's okay. If you've listened to any of our past podcasts, I guarantee we've said it before every two to three episodes. Very, very transparent. We try to be very, very transparent. Dave always says, I hear him on the phone all the time, is I... I'm an investor. I don't pay retail. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I'm an investor. I don't pay retail. So just, I mean, you can end the conversation with that. And, yeah. Hey, I'd love to come out and look it's, at it, but I'm an investor and I can't pay retail. It's not a bad thing to say that. It is okay to say, I'm an investor. I don't pay retail. You should, in fact, say that because you need to make sure that you're not you know, setting appointments for people that are asking 100000 on a property that has an ARV of 100000 but it needs thirty grand in repairs. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. It's You're wasting not, both you your are time. You're wasting both of your time. So it is okay to tell people that you are an investor and that you don't pay retail. However, follow it up with this. However, even though I just told you that I'm not going to pay you retail for your property, I do have a lot of value to provide. And what is that? Well, I'm a cash buyer. It's not always my cash. It's a private lender or a hard money lender or even a bank's money, but it's my money. I get access to it. So I am a cash buyer and so are you. You can find lenders out there. You just got to get off your butt and go find them. Um, so I am a cash buyer, number one. Number two is I'll buy it as is. You don't have to do any repairs or cleaning at all. And number three is I can close quick. That's it. That is the entire pitch. Quick cash as is. It doesn't get any simpler than that. We really like our new website, and we've only mentioned it about four times in this episode, but we should mention it one more time. So go to that dpipodcast.com and then forward slash, is it funding? So you legit can be a cash buyer if you check that one out. Yeah. I think there's even a webinar up now. Uh, is it? I think it's funding. I think, I think it's funding. funding. I don't know where my website ran off to disappeared on me here it is yeah funding yeah funding so check that one out as well guys again yeah, go play a, on our website we're pushing the website pretty hard yeah, today a great resource go though, check right? out dpi to, podcast to, to get your to, to get loan or to get money in the door to use to purchase properties yeah it's a great resource cool a resource that like i said we are really pushing the website it's new we're really excited about we love it the website. so check it out guys that's right thank you anything else you want to wrap well, up let's with just wrap up guys yeah, yeah wholesale call scripts was the name of the episode and you don't really need one, in my opinion. Mike agrees. He put a big X through it, okay? What you need is just a couple bullet points, and you need to just be likable, right? Make a friend. That should be your number one goal when you are on the phone with somebody. No matter if you're calling them or they are calling you, find out if they have a problem, try to solve that problem, and be their friend in the process, okay? It's, it's not hard to listen to people when you ask them a question, or agree with them when they tell you something that's agreeable. That's how you make friends. It's not hard. So make a friend. All right? Keep it simple. Get the decision maker. Get basic info about the person. Find out their why and their when. And if you can't figure out the why or the when, well, just ask them why they're calling you. If they don't know why they're selling or when they need to sell, why are they calling you? If you are calling them, they may not have a why or a when, but ask them anyway. Number four is get some information about the property. And number five kind of goes in with number four, but what is the current condition? 
Does it need a bunch of repairs? And if so, how much do you think that it needs? And then last but not least, what is your asking price? And after they tell you, this is a two-parter, can you do better than that if I pay cash? And then at that point, you should have qualified them. That is what qualifying a seller looks like right here. If there is motivation, set the appointment. If you are new, set the appointment. If you are not new and there is not a lot of motivation, then tell them that this doesn't look like it's going to work for you because you need to be at this price range. It is okay to tell somebody that they are asking too much. And then so like a perfect example, if you call somebody and they have a house that has a 100K ARV and it needs 20 grand in repairs, we would multiply that 100 by 7, take our repairs off, that puts us at 50. So our MAO on this property, in this scenario I'm making up right here as I go is 50. Let's say they're asking 80. Well, then what you can just come back with and say, well, you know, I'm usually looking to buy properties in this area that are very similar in, in size and condition to yours, but I'm typically paying, you know, between 40 and 50 grand. You're asking 80. I just don't think this is going to work for me today. Do you mind if I call you back in a month or two or even in a few months to see if we could, if I can either come up on my end or if you, you know, are willing to come down a little on your end. It's so funny it because... It's so rare. Let me say one more thing. It mm -hmm. is so rare that somebody says, no, don't call me back. Like, in the five years I've been doing this full-time, I could probably count that on both hands. Five years of somebody saying, no, don't call me back. Great point. Usually they're going to say, you mm -hmm. know what? You're right. We aren't in the same ballpark. If you want to call me back in three to six months, I would love to talk to you. Because at the end of the day, they have a problem that you are trying to solve. So they're not going to not let you solve it. Yeah, and there's a lot of what track. ifs in that because it's funny because Dave's example of 100K ARV needs 20K and they are asking 80. At least they're aware of the fact that their property needs 20K and they're willing to accept closer to what they perceive everything to be worth. So that's when I, almost, I would almost be tempted to set the appointment even though Dave's right. We probably need to be closer to about 50K on it. Mm -hmm. uh, mainly because, again, this person is aware of needing repairs, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So wholesale call scripts. Guys, if you are looking for a wholesale call script, you can find them online. Okay, The CRMs that are out there and the ones that we like to use have them built in, which is basically just field All your questions. Yeah. All of the questions that you should be asking. So if you don't have a CRM, go to dpipodcast.com forward slash CRM. Check out the one that we use. But at the end of the day, you don't need a script. You just need to know the six different things to ask people on the phone. And um, even if these are asked out of order, Mike, it doesn't matter. There's no order. That but the matters. main I mean, thing, there's no order. The there's main, no wrong way to do there's it. There's no wrong way to do it. Right. The main thing is make a friend and qualify, qualify, qualify. All right. If you are new, I'm going to say this again. If you are new, set every appointment you can. Because you want to get out in the field and learn and meet sellers and try to start negotiating and determine repairs. And you need to learn these there's things a lot to of, get good at them. Yeah, there's a lot of things you have to do on an appointment as well as, um, you know, building rapport. So you're making the friend a little bit stronger, you know, making a little better friendship, making a good impression. you got to be calculating repairs sometimes in your head, taking pictures, uh, chatting. So there's a lot on the appointments to do as well. So definitely – 
make sure you go out there and practice on, again, some not as motivated yeah, sellers so when they call you Don't be scared in. of making calls if you're cold calling or answering these these inbound calls if you are spending money on mail or bandit signs or any type of marketing at all. Focus on the six things, and you guys should be rocking and rolling. Thanks for listening, guys. Signing off. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, please visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.